As I said earlier, for the month of September, we are keeping things simple here in church, though when in a church is anything really simple? When is anything in our lives really simple? Well, we're going to try. We're going to try to bring simplicity in the midst of all of our complexities every Sunday until the end of the month. And this whole series, as I said, is focused on the materially simple life that Jesus led and taught and exemplified. And every week, we're going to have some homework, a challenge that accompanies us as we leave for worship. Last week, we talked about time. Uh, the challenge for all of you and for me as we left last week was to take time every day to be grateful for our time, uh, to write down something every night that happened to us during the day for which we were grateful I hope you all were able to do your homework. I hope you found it to be life-giving. And so today we're talking about possessions. We're going to have a homework assignment, but that will come a little bit later. The Bible spends a lot of time addressing a number of subjects, but time, possessions, money, prayer, and food are the topics Jesus talked about the most. And when Jesus addressed these topics for the people of his day, he came at all of them with an air of simplicity that is almost lost in the church today. Today we're talking about possessions. And Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Would you all please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There was a man, a man who lived a good and a faithful life. He went to church every Sunday, he tithed, he had a loving family, he had a lucrative career, and as he was getting near the end of his life, the Lord above appeared to him and said, Friend, you have been a good and faithful servant. You've been to church every week, you've tithed, you have a loving family, you've got a great church, I'm going to make a deal with you. I don't do this with anyone else, so listen carefully. When you die, you can bring a briefcase of whatever you want to heaven. Now, to be clear, when everyone else dies, they just go to heaven, but you, you have been so good and so righteous, you can fill one briefcase with whatever you want, and you may bring it with you to heaven. And the man was tormented. <clears throat> Every night he lay awake thinking and said, what on earth could I possibly bring from here there? And then it started getting even worse. He thought about this tremendous responsibility. He'd be the only one who could bring anything from earth to heaven. What could he possibly bring? And with every day, with every bit of worry, he got older and older until right before he died, he realized what he wanted to bring. So he bought a briefcase. He stuck his item inside. And he died. And at the moment of his death, it was as if he opened his eyes, and there he was on a plane of clouds, in line with countless individuals, all on their way to the pearly gates. And as the man took in the scene in front of him, he realized that down in his hand was the briefcase. He rejoiced with every step forward, every bit of the closer he could get to the gates of heaven. All of the people there started to look at his hand. Because he was the only one there with the briefcase. Until he finally got to the gates and St. Peter looked at him and said, What have you got down there? He said, Oh, it's okay, Peter. I had a deal with God. God told me I could bring anything I wanted so long as it fit in this briefcase. And Peter said, Oh, you're the one. We've been talking about you. 
The angels and I, we have bets about what's inside that briefcase. So do you mind? Can we get a little peek? And the man beamed with pride as he picked up the briefcase and he opened it for St. Peter to see. And inside were five gold bars. The man had sold all of his savings. He went out and he purchased five gold bars and he brought them to heaven. And so with all this joy in his face, he, he looked at St. Peter and he said, what do you think? St. Peter raised an eyebrow and he said, why'd you bring asphalt? <laughs> because, friends, in heaven the streets are paved with gold. Come on, that's a good joke. That's funny. You've got to think about it for a second. Do not store up your treasures on earth. But store up your treasures in heaven. Friend, Jesus is speaking to us throughout the history. He said, the time has come. Pastors, send all your people home to close all of their bank accounts. To clear out their garages. To empty out their attics. The time has come to start saving in heaven. Right? That's a good message. You all want to go home and sell all that stuff, don't you? Well, next week we're going to talk a lot about money. But today we're going to talk about possessions. And specifically how possessed we are by our possessions. So check this out for a second. Here in the United States, there are more self-storage facilities than Starbucks and McDonald's combined. Okay, let that just percolate for a second. I don't mean individual units. I mean entire complexes. There are more of them than Starbucks and McDonald's combined. Think about how hard it is to drive anywhere in our community without getting some of that coffee or seeing those golden arches. And there are more self-storage units than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. There is so much space in our self-storage units here in our country that we could literally fit every man, woman, and child inside of one and still have space left over. And the vast majority of people who own a self-storage unit have an attic, have a basement, and they have a garage. More than all of the McDonald's and Starbucks combined. I joked months ago that our church, Cokesbury, has a storage problem because we just have too much stuff. And so we decided to take a day to go through our whole storage room, go through every single item just to start clearing things out. Friends, we had more Ziploc bags full of dried out markers than I could possibly count. We had vacation Bible school materials from 20 years ago. We have copies of every single bulletin this church has ever had. Ever. The church is not immune to this problem with possessions. And so Jesus has this little vignette in which he lays out the dilemma for us, and I'm sure most of us are familiar with this passage. Do not store up your treasures on earth, for where your heart is, there your treasure is also. But there's something we miss in English. Because in English we translate it, do not store up your treasures on earth. But in Greek, what Jesus says is, do not treasure up your treasures. Because if you store your treasures, we think about storing food in the, in the refrigerator. You're going to open the refrigerator and use it. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says, do not treasure up your treasures. Do not lock them away. 
But why not? I mean, isn't it fiscally responsible to treasure up our treasures? What's so hard and wrong about accumulating possessions? What's the problem with running out of space to store our stuff that we've got to buy more space to store our stuff? Well, Jesus would have us remember that treasuring up all that treasure ultimately leads to its demise. Moths and rust and thieves will consume all that we have saved as we treasure away. And we've got to hand it to Jesus on this one. He is absolutely right. The more we accumulate, the more we store, the more we possess, the more dust accumulates, the more we run out of space, and the more we can't even really remember what's in that box in the corner of the garage. But Jesus is pushing us, pushing us to a different understanding as well. He's not just gathering the disciples around to, for a little advice about how to be mindful of their possessions. It's also a lesson in theology. Because it, the, the struggle with possessions, runs throughout the entirety of the Bible. Abraham desperately wanted a son, a son to whom he could give all of his possessions. The Hebrews were delivered from slavery in Egypt only to think back on all the stuff they left in Egypt. After entering the Promised Land, the people of God habitually lamented losing all the things that they had had over and over again. Not losing their relationship with God, but losing all the stuff they left in Jerusalem. Even in the New Testament, there's story after story about people losing their possessions. There's the rich young ruler, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Ananias and Sapphira. They all experienced loss. Loss of goods that just about undoes them. Having stuff, accumulating possessions, it's not a sin. Our things can be used for good things, but it's when the love of our stuff, when we feel this intense desire to lock it up in a way that we become blind to other things in our lives. And God forbid we start encroaching on a slippery slope that never seems to end. It kind of goes like this. First, we possess something we truly desire. But then we see someone else that has something else, and we start doing whatever it takes to get that thing. It's why the line for new iPhones every fall stretches far beyond every Apple store. And then, whenever we acquire that thing, the thing that was pulling at our heartstrings, we desire something else, or more of that first thing, and we stop sharing what we have. It's why we find ourselves trading in a car every two or three years, even though everything is perfectly fine with the car that we have. And finally, we just keep consuming one thing after another until we are far beyond full. It's why the self-storage industry in our country is a multi-billion dollar business. And we wind up having to buy more space for all of our stuff. Don't we have enough already? Are we so discontented by our stuff that the only remedy for it is more? Do we possess our possessions, or do our possessions possess us? Because here's a very hard dose of truth, one that you're not going to like to hear. I don't even like this. At the end of our days, all of our stuff, it gets put in one box, a box that's seven feet long and two feet wide, and we can't take any else, anything else with us. Do not treasure up your treasures on earth, but treasure up your treasures in heaven. 
Some will tell us that Jesus is pleading with his followers, with his disciples, to treasure up their treasures in heaven by giving money to church. And you can make a case for that, but I think there's more to it than just that. As the king of the kingdom, as the one inaugurating a new way, Jesus knows that when we treasure up our treasures on earth, they no longer make a difference. They're like shackles that weigh us down. But by treasuring up our treasures in heaven, by knowing what really matters and what really doesn't, we are freed. We are freed from the tyranny of sinful accumulation, the tyranny of stuff. And we start to see how we are God's treasure. Because that's one of the things we forget. This passage seems like it's all about us, but it's actually about God. It says, where your heart is there, your treasure is also. God's heart is with us. So as I noted a few times already each week, we're going to be taking home a little bit of homework with us. A challenge. Last week we took time to be grateful for our time. And this week we have a clean-out challenge. Some of you are going to love this, and some of you are going to hate it. Like, really hate it. So we're asking that everyone here set aside time this week to get rid of some of your stuff. So in my family, in our home, I don't know if this is a German thing exclusively or if maybe some of you know this too. We have a drawer. It's called the Koshis Moshes drawer. It has everything in it. I don't know how it's possible, but it's got rubber bands and scissors and cell phone chargers and paper. and It's crazy. If something's missing, it's in the Koshis Moshes drawer. So maybe you have something like that. A drawer that's just filled with stuff. That's where you start. So you find time this week to take out that drawer and you go through every single item and you say, does this give me life or does it not? It's that simple. And as you're going through and you say, this gives me life, you keep it. If you find something that doesn't, if you can uh, give it away, go to a, a Salvation Army or to a Goodwill and donate the item. If it's, if it's really gone, recycle it. But clear out some of your stuff. Take the time to go through some of your possessions and really ask, is this giving me life or is it not? Because with the crazy and ridiculous way we are accumulating so much stuff, more than we could possibly ever need, far too many of us, myself included, are focusing on earthly things and not on heavenly things. And so you can keep it that simple. You can just go through one place, one depository of items, one drawer, perhaps one shelf, one box. But I know you people, some of you like extra credit. So if you want to take it a step further, clean out one entire room. Start from one side together, go through every drawer, go through every shelf, go through every box, and ask, does this give me life or does it not? And for those of you who want double extra credit, you want an A++ on your report card, you can take it the final step. Go through some of your most prized possessions and ask yourself, do I know someone in my life for whom this would be a blessing? Is there someone I know, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, for whom I could give them this item and it would give them more life than it's giving me? And then you give it away. You find that thing that you've felt shackled to or it's just accumulated dust and you really ask, is there someone I know that would be blessed by this thing? And then you give it to them. And as we hear about this 
struggle all of us have with possessions as we begin to imagine that space in our own homes or in our own apartments, which I know all of you are doing right now, we might become so bogged down in our worry and our fear and our attachment to things that we forget the truth of this passage, that God was willing to part with God's greatest possession. Because strangely enough, God's greatest possession, God's beloved is Jesus Christ. And in all of God's perplexing wisdom, God chose not to treasure up God's treasure, but God gave it away for you, for me. So we know, we know better than anyone else where God's heart is because we know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We know, we know how much of a challenge this will be for us because most of us find ourselves surrounded by mountains of stuff that just shackle us. We know. We know the frightening dimension of giving away our possessions because as Christians, we regularly encounter the knowledge of God's profound generosity in giving away His greatest possession for us. So friends, do not treasure up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither Moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let's give it away. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever. Amen.